you're listening to the Road to Damascus podcast, where we tackle the subjects saints and churches need to have, but are reluctant to, where our goal is to go from religion to relationship. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, but it's about the journey. I'm here with my partner in crime, my co-host, the man, the one, the only, Vince, Vince Sanity. V said he had a topic today. Normally we have uh, something scripted, but V said it was something on his heart. So we're going to let V bring up the topic and we're going to go ahead and chop it up. How you doing? You know, like he said, I'm Vince. Um... The topic today is people that strayed away from God and the call of coming back to God. That's what we're going to discuss on today's topic. So when you say people who stray away from God, tell me what you mean by that. Like, do you mean people who were saved or people who weren't saved but were raised in a maybe a home that was Christ was in it and... You know, because the Bible says, raise up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart. Do you mean by like that, or do you just mean the old-fashioned, I was living right, I got caught up in the world, and now it's time for the prodigal son to come home? No, I mean, I'm talking about meaning people that knew God, but because of situations of life, then drew them away, whether it's a death or whether it's a tragic experience they've been through. Uh, more, more, more of those line people that had a relationship with God, but because He didn't fulfill what they wanted in that moment, they turned their back on Him. Okay, I got you. No, that makes sense. So, um, before we came on the air and started to have this discussion, me and you were talking about a conversation that we were having with a mutual someone that we both share. Uh, my brother, your cousin. Um, and me and him had a heavy, I'm talking heavy duty conversation in the parking lot of the Planet Fitness, close to the house. We had just did a little running, working out. And uh, I said we were going to have a, let's talk in the parking lot. And you know how it can be sometimes a two minute conversation turning into a two hour conversation. Two hour conversation. The only thing that stopped us is because he had a, a barbershop appointment with his barber. But, um, so we just recently uh, had a, a, a death in our family. Um, rest in heaven to our grandfather, the patriarch of our family. My hero. Douglas Arnold Gaylor Sr. Um, and I know a lot of times when we lose someone close to us, it can, it can go one or two ways. And for this particular person, and I'm talking about my brother Stefan, He's he's had death that close to him twice. And the first time was my younger brother, Jeremy, who uh, passed away. Now it's been, what, six years ago? Yeah, uh, six years being se- and, September. And we had all, we've all been raised in the church. We've all been raised loving God. Some of us have given our lives to God through being born again, but we've all been raised to know Christ and to love him and to understand him. And I think after my brother passed away that 
my brother Jeremy, who is older than Stefan, passed away. I think that Stefan went to a place that he really didn't want to go to. It hit him in a negative way. And it's just through our conversation. He kind of went on a I don't care type emotions. And a lot of people are affected a lot of different ways by death. But through our conversation that we were having on Saturday, it appeared to be that the death of my grandfather hit him in a different way. And it made him start to understand that maybe it's it's more to this life than just I'm going to do what I want to do and there's no consequences, there's no repercussions. And I want to be talked about the way my grandfather was talked about because I say this, V, even though it was sad, that was a celebration. For sure. Of a man's life. And the measure of a man is how people talk about him when they not know they're there anymore. That, because people can be fake or in your face. And even when you pass away, they can kind of have some kind words for you. But you can tell when people genuinely were affected in a positive way by somebody. And I think he positively impacted all of us. So, when you come to me and say, I want to talk about people who stray away from the church, it's a lot to chew on with that. And how do we get back to serving him, to living right, to being what we're supposed to be in Christ Jesus? Because if it comes from a situation of death, don't you think then it could just be an emotion at the time? Of course. Because you're feeling a certain way. So how do we overcome just it being an emotion and really turn it into something of substance? Any way. Say that again. So, for instance, when 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 somebody's close to dying, say they have a near-death experience. They get held up. Shooting happens and they survive. They might go to church immediately thanking God, oh, you saved me, you love me, because at that moment, they're thankful that God saved their life. But after a while, and time passes, then they write back, because, but that temporary time of that emotion, it hit them in a way that affected them, because they realized that it was, I could have not been here anymore. Of course. But then after a while, because what brought you in was that emotion of near death. Of course. Or in the situation we're just speaking of now is a situation of losing someone. Makes you feel like I need to be closer to God. How do we make sure that we're able to bottle up that emotion that it keeps us moving and not that in a few months we just fall back to being where we were before then? Uh, it really goes back to um, your, your relationship with God. You feel me? If it's just emotion, it's just something that you deal with just for that minute. If you have a ever, if you have a long-lasting relationship with God, you feel me? Things wouldn't be just temporary. Okay. Um, how how can I put it? If you have a, a near near death experience, or um, you get held up, or whatever, they go back. You know, people they go back to church. That's the first time they've been to church in a while. <laughs> right. No, I got you. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I completely agree. But if, if a person that was already rooted in God went through that, that next Sunday, would, their, their praise would be even harder. So then from, from that end, from that on, it, it would, as we say, it would level up because they know um, 
who, what kind of God they serve actually they actually know. But if a person haven't really established their relationship but goes to church for that first time, that so somewhere it'd be a, a thing like, well, he did it now. Obviously, I'm here for a reason. Either they can go with that and run with it and multiply on that, or say, well, well, all right, well, he got me up this once. Let me just. Thank you right now here you don't feel me let me right. just roll off my shoulder right no i got you i mean i just i just because I, I think of the story of the prodigal son and the bible talks about him going out squandering his fortune and he came back and the father celebrated and welcomed him back with open arms and it's how christ loves us and christ's gonna love us no matter what true or false true so the thing is this, that the story of the prodigal son stops after it tells us that he came home. And that's the part of the story. But now we come to everyday living and the, the parts that I want you to help me understand or the parts that I really want us to delve into is, is one, what causes us to want to come back? I mean, it could be just the call of God. It could be a tragic situation. It can be an uplifting situation. But once we're back, how are we able to be sustained in that? You get what I'm saying? Exactly. Well, I can speak. All I can speak is for a personal. Experience. Yeah, but I mean, even personal. I mean, and, and I definitely want your personal experience. But, you know, I mean, we, we, we talking off the cuff here. So sometimes even through your experiences with friends, because you've had people that you experienced negatively, positively, who've come back. You've experienced it with your own family, your dad. I mean, things like that. So I'm just saying, first you can give your, your part, but just to understand, because the thing is this, I don't want to just discuss it in a vacuum of, well, I was feeling down. And but you don't get people answers. Right. Well, I could put it in the aspect of like a um, like a sport. Okay. People have love for basketball, which play basketball, or they have for football. Okay. You know, they truly, honestly have love for the game, everything about the game, the from the good games to the bad games. To the in injuries, to all that. That's a, a true fan of the game. You got ones that, um, when the when they win their game, they're happy. When they lose their game, they go back and see what they can fix to fix to make their game better. Okay. That's a true fan of the game. Right. Now we can flip this back to God. Are you a true fan of God? Are you only a fan with Him when He's doing good in your life? Or are, you, or are you a fan of when he's doing good and when he's doing bad? Because once you um, once you get into the love of God, everything's not going to be good. You're going to have problems. You're going to have issues. You have things that you're going through in, in, in your life that you're going to be like, what is, what is really going on? God, are you still there? My, no, my point is, exactly. So, um... It's just, what are you a fan of? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because we had a term, what we call, what, bandwagon fans? Yeah. And people just want to get, when everything is good, everybody everybody became a Golden State fan overnight when they was winning. But then when they got lost, lost they suck. Oh, they, they terrible, Steph this, Steph that. Those bandwagons, they were never fans of Golden State. They were just fans of the winning. Of the, they're fan, fans of the win. Right, of the winning. But they weren't true fans. True fans was what Golden State when Steph Curry wasn't there. Wasn't there. When, when, 
with a who, who's who's over there? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Haymakers just exactly. And so you and those are bandwagon. So people become bandwagon fans of Christ. They getting blessed. They see you getting blessed, and and all of a sudden they want to be part of the blessing. They want to ride the wave. But as soon as that 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 low tide come, this 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 ain't what it's cracked up no, to be. But I ask him, can you serve God when He say no? Are you are you you so loyal to God? Can you believe and can you can you trust Him when His answer is no? When something that you've been praying for for so hard. And the Lord like, well, no, this is not my will. That's your will. So if I do what you want, what you want it to be, your life will play out how you want it to play out. You wouldn't give me no, no honor. But I have something greater in store for you. So right now, it's no. You understand what I'm saying? If any child, any uh, um, mature parent, even though stuff the kid may want this certain thing, but they like, no, this is not good for you right now. It's like your mom gave you the car keys at freaking eight years old. <laughs> well, I, I, I would get it because my daughter right now, four years old. When I tell her no, you know what she tells me? I'm a bully. <laughs> <laughs> she like, it's nine o'clock in the morning. She hasn't eaten anything, hasn't brushed her teeth. Daddy, can I have a lollipop? No, you're a bully. I'm a bully because I said no. So I'm trying to get her out of that emotion, out of that mindset of no doesn't mean no, not at all. No means no right now. But it can be a no, not at all if you keep calling me a bully because that's what it's not about. It's just you haven't brushed your teeth. You haven't eaten anything else. The first thing you eat this morning ain't going to be a lollipop. So, but let, now let me put it like this. Say, say the doctor said... Um, her teeth is brittle right now. It's not wide for her to have lollipops. She doesn't understand that, but you tell her no. She called you a bully, <laughs> but in actuality, you're saving her. Right. So she wouldn't figure it out until she matures and see, well, wow, that really looked out for me. But you, she'll only figure that out through maturing in Christ. When you maturing in Christ and you actually see what. God saved you, you from it make you grin back even close. Like Lord, thank you for not letting this go through. Or um, just say for in, in, instant, uh, Lord, I put put it like this. Lord, I've been praying for this job. I've been praying for two for two months. I went through the interview stages. I passed my drug test. I for sure I got the job. Okay. But they gave the job to somebody else. Okay. A lot of people be upset with God, like Lord, I needed this job. My house in foreclosure, my my car body get repo, my kids need some diapers. You you understand? It like they would say, Lord, why did you sell me out for this? But the Lord would be like, Well, no, this is not for you. But later on, the the the, the company that you was about to work for goes bankrupt. Laid everybody off without pay. So, um, you get a job next. Now you at, at a job where you you probably not making as much, but you, you but you see what the Lord is is doing. So sometimes we don't want to admit it, but the Lord's will is the best will. Amen. And I mean that's that's just how how it is. I experienced it firsthand. Can you serve God when His answer is no?
So yeah, so so that so now the question that's the question. So now it comes back to what you said, getting back to to serving God. So what what in your experience because the conversation that I had with with, with Stefan and the conversations that I've had with many people, I always tell them this. There's three ways the enemy is going to tempt you. There's only three ways you really can be tempted. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Those are the ways he tempted Jesus. If you look at the three temptations, they all fell in within a pattern of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And a lot of times when we hear the lust of the flesh, we automatically think about something sexual. But if you hungry and you tell and you tell Jesus to turn his rock into a bread, then what? That becomes the lust of the flesh, right? True. You gotta feed your flesh. So that's just an example. So the question is then becomes how what what traps are out there that allows us to even get out of this this walk in the first place? Because we've experienced the good of God, we've experienced the bad of God. But there is something that always it's like the, I think of the movie The Godfather. Every time I try to get out, it keeps sucking me back in. What is sucking us? What part is keeps sucking us out of this this the body of Christ that that we can't even serve him like we're supposed to, that we can't be true and faithful servants like we're supposed to be? Personally, I believe it's a mind thing. Um if the enemy can if the enemy can get your mind, he have you. You you know what I'm saying? So I heard this saying, um, it said basically if uh, if the enemy, if the enemy can't block how we see God, he'll block how you see you. He'll tell you that you're not nothing. He'll tell you that you what you can't do. He'll tell you what you can't be. But you seeing God is Almighty, but you don't see yourself as being nothing. You know what I'm saying? He he will block how you see you. So be if I see you, if I'm coaching you, telling you be, or you telling me about your issue, you I'm be you can get through it. You know what I'm saying? You strong. You 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 are Almighty. And whatever, whatever. But if I come up and get the same thing, but I'm telling myself I'm a coward. I'm I, I got so much this going on, Lord. I'm not tough. I'm not weak. What? But well, the but the scriptures say I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. True. We got the through Christ, but not not the strength the, the strength of <laughs> me part. Right. You 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 understand? Well, what I'm I saying? understand because I, I saw today on Instagram. I think I saw somebody post something to the extent of. We're good lawyers when it comes to our issues, but we're judges when it comes to somebody else's issues. So, if you're an alcoholic, V, I can't tell you you're an alcoholic. You have to come to that realization. If you're a drug user, I can't call you an addict. You have to come to that realization yourself. For sure. People who have issues... We can coach them. We can tell them we love them. We can tell. I can tell you you're handsome. If you have a negative projection of yourself, ain't nothing I can tell you. True. It's just like somebody with anorexia. They look in the mirror and they see a pig. We see somebody that need to a stick. That need to eat, baby girl. You need to eat something for sure. But they don't see what we see. And that goes back to the scripture that I, I spoke about. My thoughts to you are good and not of evil, that you may come to your expected evil. We can get even deeper than that if you were to think about it. We can talk. I mean, we can get on the subject of of uh, being saved. 
what the, what the Bible say being saying? If you confess in your mouth, out of your mouth, and believe in your heart, we can say that we're saved. But if you believe in your heart that you're not nothing, and I'm not saved, and I'm not this, I'm not that, you're not really saved. Amen. I can tell you up front, B, I can hoop, I can put it through my legs, I can shoot a 30-foot jump shot, I can do all that. But when it comes down to me getting on the court and can't do it, he's like, bro, you a fool. <laughs> Okay, I got you. You know what I'm saying? So, I believe if we're getting or we're at the point now where talk is cheap. You can't, you, it's no longer fake it to make it. Either you're going to be real about it and get it fixed or you're going to not do it and just suffer the consequences. That be- makes sense. Because, I mean, it's so much stuff going on. It's to be honest, I know what you when I'm on the computer when I'm on Facebook and Instagram all that I see so many people and so many statuses and so many posts about God and about um, loving God and you know what I'm saying I'm blessed to see today and you know what I'm saying all them type of stuff but I question it is that because you're having a good day what are you talking about on your bad day you know what I'm saying I, I see I see that a lot of people they talking God. But when it comes down to it, what are you about? But, it, but you know what that goes to? The premise of this show is what? Religion to relationship. It's about relationship. See, my thing is this, V. I know if I'm having a bad day, I can call you. You could crack a joke or you would just listen to my issue. True or false? True. God is there no matter what. The part that we have to understand is the no matter what part. See... And it goes back to what you said at the beginning. What about on our bad days? We don't think God is there. See, the, the, the trick of the enemy, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people he doesn't exist. We so quick to blame God for things that's going wrong in our life. When the Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And, and right now I'm doing this Bible study series that I'm going to be posting online, a part of our YouTube channel, that's talking about the book of Job. And one of the scriptures in the, in the second chapter of the book of Job, there's a verse where Satan and God are talking to each other and God was talking about Job and he says uh, my righteous servant Job who there's none other like him in the earth and then he says to him and I'm paraphrasing he says um, that he still has integrity though you tried to turn him against me see what we don't understand is is the enemy's job is to get us to have a never we talk about negative perceptions of ourselves it's also for us to have a negative perception of God and and the things he does for us so when things aren't going right we blame God for those just like we thank him for things that's going good why God are you letting this happen why God is this going on why am I losing my house God why am I doing this instead of confronting the issues of God allows things to happen to us to build us up, to strengthen us, to give us those calluses to make us stronger, to be ones he can use that can share our testimony. So it has to be a relationship with somebody. When your mom, you're you're an adult now, so we talked about children. If your mom tells you no when you come to her and ask for something, that doesn't change your relationship with her. You still love her and understand just at this time, it's a no. I don't have it to give or I can't give it to you right now. True or false? True. So we need to have that same relationship with God where when we can come to him and talk to him, it might not be the answers that we want. He might tell us, no, not now, not today, but he still loves us. But we need to come to him 
nonetheless. We need to build that relationship. And that's what I'm trying to get to is the relationship aspect. When, 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 the, when God says, my good and faithful servant with whom I'm well pleased, he's talking about he knows you. When, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I know you not. Well, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. If he's saying, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I know you not. I don't have a relationship for you. You didn't do anything in my name because you didn't serve me. You didn't serve me in spirit and in truth. You didn't know me. You don't love me. So we need to then understand that this whole thing to me is about relationship. For it's sure. truly about, it, 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 we, we can oversimplify it. We can sprout off scripture after scripture. But really this thing is about relationship. And that's why to me, when I look at the like the family, if you read through the scriptures, the scriptures give so many examples of um, a father, your earthly father and your heavenly father and the bride, groom and, you know, using marriage as Christ and, and the church and things like that. It uses so much aspect of the family. So then when you see marriages into divorce, when you're seeing fatherless children, those are tricks of the enemy to get us to now have a negative perception of Christ. If your earthly father do for for you, how much more would your heavenly father do for you? For well, sure. if your earthly father ain't doing nothing, then what this man in heaven that I can't see going to do sure. for me? So it's all about negative perception. And what negative perceptions do is it ruins our relationship. If, if you see your mom being strung out on drugs and she out here sleeping around, you're going to have a negative perception of your own mother as you get older. For sure. You're not going to respect her. You're not going to, you know what I'm saying? And For things sure. like that. So to me, it comes down to them relationship. True. No, you're right. So that's the part that I think we need to get to is understanding that it has to be a relationship. In everything that we do, if there's no relationship, then we can't grow. We, when you have a relationship with somebody, you know how they think. They know how you think. When you have a relationship with somebody, you might mess up, but but they'll still be there to, to love you, to accept you, to bring you in. True relationships is what Christ wants to have with us because he loves us. He's in a loving relationship with us. We just don't reciprocate the love back to him. Of course. So of that's course. the part that we need to overcome. No, no, you're right, me. It's just... Um, so many times, so many times I hear people say, uh, basically like, I'm going through so much stuff, I don't think God understands. But you know what I'm saying? This man that was sinless put on sin so he can know exactly what you're going through. So there's nothing that we can tell him that we why or, or give excuse of why we can't serve him. You 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 understand what I'm saying? They go through. We go through so many, so many issues and give so many God. So I mean, we give God so many excuses and tell why we can't do this and why we can't do that and why we won't do 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 this. But at the same time, we claim that we love Him. You know what I'm saying? If we love Him, we'll do whatever He wants for Him. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I slipped. We 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 all slipped. We all fall. We all fall fall short to it. You know what I'm saying? But overall, like you got to get to the point where, like, Lord, you all that I have. I have a mom, I have a dad, I have a sister and brother, but Lord, they don't, they can't compare to what I have with you. When there's nobody else, it's you. When nobody around, I'm crying at night, it's you. You're the one I call. You're the only one that understands. If you're silent, I don't care. I'm gonna talk to you until I hear something. Amen. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? 
I, no, I completely understand, but I think then it comes down to us having to. Well, I'm, what's the word I'm trying to trying to use? It, it comes down to us having to to submit ourselves, and I think in the society that we live in today, V, and I'm just being honest, I'm being real. The society that we live in today, everything is moving 100 miles an hour. So it's easy for me and you to sit here and say, I'm going to sit there till I get a, a message. I'm going to sit there till I get an answer. But it's people that's infatuated with the 45 minutes church services. That's infatuated with uh, 15 minute prayer lines because they on the go. I ain't got time to talk. I ain't got time to pray like that. I ain't got time to worship like that. If I don't hear from God in 10 minutes or less, I got to go. True. And what we need to do is when you when you came to me with the topic of people coming back to Christ, I want to I want like you said, we need to dig deeper into it and, and see what it all encompasses. And so I try to think about the conversations that I've had with people and, and, and the things that they deal with every day and the things that I hear them dealing with. And I can speak to myself, but I know at the end of the day. The thing that made me want to, or the things that led me to backslide was, if what what Satan does is he really has this system set up that the minute you mess up, you feel like you'd have just ruined everything. It's it's almost like you know this. I'll give you an example. Think of have you ever known? Have you ever done a diet before? Yeah. You, yourself. Yeah. So, when you about to start a diet, we always pick a designated day. True or false? True. We always say we're going to start on a Monday, right? Mm-hmm. What do we do on the weekend before we start our diet? Eat good. <laughs> we pick out, right? Yeah. So, say we go for the first four days and we doing good on the diet. True. The fifth day, somebody got something that we want. So, we might take a piece of it. Yeah. It's good to us, and what does the after we take that piece? Then what do we do? We want more. We want more. And what do we say? You know what? I'm just gonna go on and eat this now, and I'll start tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. I mean, you understand what yeah. I'm doing? We end up pushing it back, or we about to start a diet, and we say this because this what happens too. Now I just gave you one example. This is another example. I'm starting a diet, but wait a minute. So-and-so birthday next week. Then Thanksgiving is the week after that. Then Halloween coming. Then, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Then we start finding days that I want to eat on them days because it's going to be good food there. So I'm going to push this thing back. Those are systems that we put in a place that block us from starting this diet. Now we go to Christ. I want to serve him, but I'm not ready right now to get right. Well, when will you be ready? You'll never be ready. Never. To get right. This flesh will never be right. This flesh will never be saved. You know when it's time to get right? When you ask it, when is it time to get right? Exactly. That's when it's time to get right. Exactly. So don't don't push it off. Or the second thing is this. You 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 accept Christ. You said speak it with your mouth, believe it in your heart. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. You do all of that. Now, we expect, see, what people don't understand is, is when you accept Christ in your life, it's not an immediate transfer, transformation. You don't go from swearing like a sailor on Tuesday 
to not saying nothing on Wednesday. On Wednesday, it don't work like that. It's a process that takes place. Just like it was a process to get you to that point, it's going to be a process of undoing that. That Christ then has to do in your heart and in your mind. But what happens is, is I'll accept Christ on Tuesday. By Thursday, I'm swearing. I'm, somebody else that heard me swear, now they calling me out. So now I'm saying, oh, it ain't about, I, I can't do this. I'm going to just butt in with just go a little, little nugget. No, go ahead. Uh, when I was coming up, probably like 18, 19, I used to smoke like a chimney, and I'm not talking swears. You feel <laughs> me? I used to smoke that that Kush. Okay. Um, the Lord told, or I was just getting tired. Like I'm, this is not me. I gotta stop. Um, I talk, I, I asked the Lord, Lord, I need, I want to stop. I want to stop. I can't do this by myself because previously I tried, but I was doing it by myself. It didn't work. My Lord, I want to stop. Do you not know I stopped just like that? No process, no nothing. I'm scared to smoke weed now. Oh, no, no. I don't. I, I'm No, I, no all, all, all I'm saying, I'm just giving this for me. When your heart is just so deep into it and you just want to be done. But that, that's the thing, though, V. Your heart was in it. You were done. It's no different than, and I and I and I don't want people to misconstrue this. So, I'm listening to what I'm saying. When Christ was healing people, he said, "The woman who wanted to grab the hem of his guard, the person with the issue of blood, right? She had so much faith that she believed if I just touch the hem of your guard, I'll be saved. Uh, my issue will be over. So she touched. She said, he said, somebody touch me." What I'm saying is, is when you want something so bad and, and, and it's for your edification so you can do it right in the kingdom, God will answer that. I truly believe that. Now, some other things do have to be a process. Would you agree or disagree with that? I agree. So some things have to be a process. But 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 I, I like I said, there is a um, but like I was saying before, you dropped that little nugget on us is. The process hasn't taken place, and we're frustrated by the process not taking place. And other Christians won't let us get comfortable with the process taking place. <coughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So then, is so these are the ways that we end up back, quote unquote, backsliding. Because to me, once you're in Christ, you just become dormant, and you just need to relight that fire. It's almost like a pilot. Like if you are old gas. Uh, stove that pilot is always a little flame is always there until you turn it on and it lights and gets big to me that flame is always there for sure it never goes out it just needs to be lit but I I, I feel or turned up I use this uh, I use this uh, analogy a couple probably a couple of, couple of years ago say we're like a lamp okay if you put a blanket over a, or a sheet over a lamp you can still see through it a little bit. It still lights up the room. You can still see that it's there. But if you put keep putting a sheet on top of sheet on top of sheet on top of sheet, you're not gonna be able to see the light no more. Don't mean that the lamp is not out. The the lamp is on is the lamp is only out is when you bear in that in that dirt on this on this side. That's when your lamp is turned out. Amen. But who wants to wait that long for it to get to that point? And the the sheet represents sin. The more the more weight 
is you put on your light, the more you're not going to be able to see it. Sin covers that up. You know what I'm saying? And you, you just have to kind of just know. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you could, you, you could get, get across, sometimes the enemy will trick you. Uh, oh no, that ain't, that ain't so bad. You know what I'm saying? You could do, you could do that this one time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't worry about it. But have you know that every time you do it that one time, that opens up the, uh, uh, that opens up a door that you catch yourself doing it again mm-hmm. and again and again and again. And so you, you like, I'm cool. It becomes a habit. Exactly. And then you start, oh, oh, I'm cool. But then you start putting God on on top of it. Oh, I know what I'm talking about because I've done it. You know what I'm saying? I, I've done it plenty, uh, plenty of times. And it's a sick feeling when you compromise doing what's wrong and trying to make it good. Well, well, we see that in the body today. I mean, people do that every day. We just want justification to continue to please our flesh, to, um, to gratify our flesh. Everything we do now is for gratification of our flesh. And not understanding that we have to kill this flesh daily. So, it, 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 it's, it, 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 it's heavy out here. I mean, it, it truly is. And what we need to do is be encouragement to people to let them know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what issues you have, no matter if you feel like you're alone, it's people out here. Like you said, you used to smoke like a chimney. I, 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 I'm glad you said that because people need to hear that kind of stuff. We're not sitting here. We're not sitting here as as brothers that's perfect, um, brothers that don't have issues that haven't had issues. We go home and deal with it. We we're dealing with, with with grieving spirits right now. But to know that we're out here trying to inform people, trying to meet people where they're at, to let them know, like, hey. This is real. This is going on every day. I've been through it. I know what, what what people are going through. And when you start to get to a point where when you hanging out at the bar, when you hanging out at the club, and you still saying to yourself, this just ain't me. Because I know it's somebody who's listening today that that been at the bar, that been yeah. at the club. And it just it, it, it ain't them because that, that part is, is of you is starting to mature where you're saying, this don't really do it for me like it used to. But that's that's see to me, people when they say, "Well, I just want God to let me know that He's calling me." There's signs that He's calling you when when He see He's not gonna scream or slap you. Or somebody ain't gonna come and slap you and say He's calling you. It's gonna be through subtle ways. That's how God deals with you. Where you like, where you thinking about Him more? When He's on your heart more? When He's making Himself present? When you might hear conversations and listen and you hear people talking about God that normally don't talk about God when you flip on a song that is the type of song that move you on the radio and as soon as you flip it on it's on there and just starting to roll up that emotion in you and things like that when you in the club when you bought when you taking a sip of that scissor or kicking back that that Patron or hitting that that Grey Goose or whatever your, your drink of choice is and you still sitting there like this bottle ain't doing nothing for me the way Christ can do for me that's when he's tugging at you. That's when he's calling you. What we need to do is just accept the call and then find out what the mission is instead of rejecting the call and then just saying, well, he's still working on me. He's still dealing with me. 
when you accept him, he's still working on you. He's still he's still dealing with me. I got saved August 17, 1999. We talking about 17 years ago. And he's still working with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I gave my life 17 years ago and I'm still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Paul said, I press towards the mark in the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm still pressing towards the mark. But Paul, but Paul also said what? He said, that which I shall do, I fi- that, sh- that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. That which I should do, I find myself not doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. So what does that tell me? That even Apostle Paul was telling people, I, I, I have days where I struggle. It's days where I do stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And there's days that things that I should be doing, I don't do. So when I'm sitting here feeling guilty about not cracking open my Bible, when there's days that I feel guilty for not getting on my hands and knees and reverencing and praising and blessing God, guess what? He still loves me. For sure. And that's where the part that people need to understand. He's going to love us regardless of what what we're going through, regardless of what we're doing. Because we missed a day in prayer doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. Because we got upset and cussed somebody out doesn't mean he doesn't love us. I mean... He loves us in spite of us. He took the stripes on the cross because of the sins for everybody. He he bore the cross for all of us. And so we need to 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 quit using the crutch of my life of of this of that and then begin to understand that your testimony no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're going through, your testimony is going to be the testimony that saves another soul. We can't repress our testimonies no more. We can't think we're the only ones that go through it or have gone through it or will go through it because somebody's going to need to hear that testimony. Man, people always say, uh, my life just sucked. But they don't understand when the rain, when the rain comes, it falls on the just and the unjust. Good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. That's just how life goes. Period. If it's raining, it don't just rain on my house. It rains on the neighbor house, the house down the street, the house across the street. You're not like the the, the Charlie Brown character where the rain cloud just following you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. So, like you said, it rains on the just as well as the unjust. So, we need to then understand, okay, somebody else is going through this somebody else can help me somebody else can lift me up and 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 for the saints out there that's listening to that are saved when somebody does come to you that's that's that struggle that's gone through the fire don't you be the one trying to put out their flame don't you be the judgmental one trying to make them feel like the life that they didn't led is the only person that has never done something because we didn't all come from something yeah for sure And, and that's another issue because i think sometimes People get disgusted by people in the church and and they use the crutch of I don't I can't deal with the people in the church. Well, the people in the church ain't what was going to get you to heaven. So we can't what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tear down all these barriers that of of objections that we get from people. Mm-hmm. These are the, the conversations we get. These are the objections we get. These are the barriers we get. Oh, um, sister so-and-so that's why I don't go to that church no more she made me feel this way so I left and now I'm cutting back up wait what you cutting back up because sister so-and-so because brother so-and-so no it's something deeper than that you miss this you like the woman with that, that like Lot's wife that turned into a pillar of salt because she turned her back when God said leave and don't turn away if your job was giving out a $5,000 check 
and it was snowing like crazy. You can got through the snow. It's raining like crazy. You can got through the rain. You, I know people for sure gonna say, "I man, I don't care what it takes. I'm gonna get there to get that money. I don't care who say what, who do what. I'm not here for you. I'm not here to see you. I'm here for one purpose and one purpose only because I have issues in my life. It, I have to get this off me. Period. And that's and that's the mindset it needs to be. It, that, it needs to be that. It needs to be that. It, 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 it's time out for what I call playing church. and Because church is not a building. Okay? A building is a building. It's four walls. The church is us in us. We are the church. No matter if we have a service in somebody's basement or if I'm on a, on a, a crate on the corner ministering to people. The church is us. So it's time, so it's time out for that. If I'm hurting, I need a physician. For sure. And it ain't no physician that can treat me the way Jesus does. Nobody. Nobody can. But you only know that through for one, it comes down to your foundation. That's what you have to go back to. And 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 what I'm telling you is this. If you got a house that's built on a bad foundation, I got some good news for you. God allows you to tear that house down and build a new one. Reset the foundation. And build a new For sure You're never too old And you're never too young yeah. He'll call whoever Through the mouths of babes He called He told Sarah when she was older That she was going to have a child That she laughed She was so I can't bear children no more Called Moses when he was about What In the 70s 80s Yeah To, to, to go get the children of Israel I mean so there, There's never no we use cliches like you can't teach your old dog new tricks, but then the Bible says that the renewing of our minds every day. And sometimes people got to forgive me because I paraphrase scriptures when I'm talking because I don't have my Bible right in front of me and things like that. So I'll sometimes paraphrase scriptures so people will be like, oh, he saying this and saying that he ain't saying the scripture right. It's not because I don't know the scriptures, it's because I don't have my Bible directly in front of me. So sometimes I know scriptures through and through and some scriptures that I just have to paraphrase to get it out correctly but it's time for us to have an awakening would you agree with that for sure it's time to wake up it's time to get that five thousand dollar check for sure but it's an endless fortune in christ jesus and you can't put a price tag on it i would just it's fun that you even like I'm, i mean the lord dropped down little nuggets in me throughout the day um, and today, I made it even a post on my Instagram. Um, somebody's praying for you, um, and it and, and it just touched my heart so much because, um, like I said, I get everything kind of in the or I make it an analogy so people could un understand it. Um, say everybody is a Beyonce fan. Say you have a meet and greet with Beyonce. Um, and with you talking to Beyonce, you bring up your friend's name. You see, and you see Beyonce on the whatever on the TV, some, and she brings up the your name and your friend's name that you said. You feel special because a celebrity brought your name up, and you feel special because your friend brought your name up where she could have been selfish and just said her own name. Okay. When we go back to somebody's praying for you. Somebody brought your name up to Jesus. 
He's bigger than any any celebrity you could think of. So when they got when they on their knees, they don't have to bring your name up. But when they brought your name up to a king and it and it um acknowledged you to a king to know that they need help or Lord touch them or you know what I'm saying in in in, in some kind of way, that person cares for for you that much with a a, a God like mine's. Will will stop what he's doing and make sure that you are right. So at the end of the day, somebody's praying for you. So I say, are you are you are you gonna let that prayer go to waste and continue in your ignorant ways, or are you gonna turn? Lord, I'm done. Hands up, don't shoot. Lord, I'm done. I've done it all. I've seen it all. Lord, I messed up. Can can I'm I'm ready. I'm ready Cause I, I be seeing so much stuff going on So many deaths going on Kids dying um, It's just so many So many things that's just that's, that's just happening That it's like How really Can you afford not to have God Out here I'm talking about I'm not talking about no Sunday God I'm talking about that 5 day 7 day God Where's every day Lord undertake and protect me how can you miss that? I was ignorant to the way, but now I see it clear as ever. If you ain't doing it, if, if you just out here working and think you're just gonna get by, you missed the point. It's, it, he needs soldiers, and it's easy to be a soldier when there's no war. <laughs> That's true. Everybody a big dog. Everybody a big dog until you got another big dog standing in front of you. Like what's what's popping? So when the enemy come to your door, is he come in and taking stuff, or you gonna make him run out? Bottom line, redirect yourself back to God, cause that's what's needed. Guys, gun playing. Well, that was heavy duty. So I don't think it's too much more to say. Say with that. Once again, this is Road to Damascus. I want to thank, as always, my partner in crime. The one, the only, Vince Sanity. I'm Minister Brock. I'm going to leave you with a little nugget before we go. Vince hit you with his nugget, so I'll hit you with mine. Every day is a new day. Why put off tomorrow what you can do today? And if you're yearning for Christ, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. If you're yearning for him, because he yearns for you every day. It's his desire that no sheep be lost. If you listening to this, don't be a lost sheep. Just go ahead and give yourself to him. He'll accept you where you are with whatever situation you have. I'm not going to promise you an easy journey. I'm not going to promise you a clean journey. I'm not going to promise you that it won't be rough terrains or high mountains to climb. But what I can promise you is that you will no longer have to travel that road alone. So go ahead, continue to love, love one another, be blessed and blessed. Thank you and amen.